Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 406 of the Department of Defense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining as always is Carlo. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I know. Was, so uh, well, I wasn't sure. Maybe maybe my mic stopped working all of a sudden. This is like, oh, or, I don't know. I don't know. Before I get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoffman Brewing, Brian Jones, Devin Simpson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to be a patron and help us keep our lights on, head over to patreon.com slash blindnewstudios or click on the patron link to our homepage at blindnewstudios.com. Carlos, you were telling me something just about our, about our patrons just the other day. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, I know they got a... You know, I, or maybe I, ha- I, I have I said, told you guys about this before, like the about the tandem bicycle they got. I think you have told us about the tandem. Yeah, bicycle. like wow, that's crazy that I've told you guys already about the t- tandem bicycle that they all ride at the same time. You have, they, you have, you have told yeah, us about no, that. Yeah, so weird because that, that's what I was planning on sharing. It just occurred to me, but you know, I, maybe I didn't tell you about what they were they're doing with the bicycle these days. Oh, what are they doing with the bicycle these days? Uh, so you know, like all those like uh, classic bike tricks, which I don't know if they're popular these days. Like, but it used to be back when we were kids. Like, we taking bicycles off ramps and doing all sorts of tricks. They're doing that with the tandem bicycle. Oh, I, I hurt! I hurt the shit out of myself on a bike doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah, the first the first and last time I took my bike off a jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I ran. So we were jumping a creek, and um, I I like they were like, "Oh, do the thing!" And uh, well, the ramp was backwards. Like it was going uphill, which should not have been a thing. But also, like I like didn't fully commit, and I ran my bike into the side of a hill. Uh- I don't know how. And then I went over the handlebars and then rolled down the hill with my bike into the creek. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen here because if that does, these are people that are uh, not as young as they were. Uh, so, and there would be a lot of them at once. So, it wouldn't be good. So, they should avoid doing that. Oh, absolutely. It would not be great. So, I hope you heard that, uh, patron members. Yeah, that, please. Uh, uh, so, if you'd like to uh, join in on the. To not. The, to <laughs> not run into a hill. bicycle antics, over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. All right, Carlos, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, not too much this last week. Uh, we did a, a birthday dinner for me. Uh, oh, happy birthday. Yeah, a couple nights ago. Uh, yeah, well, so last week was his birthday show, and then we did uh, his birthday dinner. Yeah, had a lot of good mixed drinks and uh, some good food. Yeah, uh, yeah, we went to uh, this local place called the Black Rooster. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some really good steak tartare. Oh my god, that was delicious. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, did you you had a favorite? Did you have a favorite cocktail? Uh, the campfire drink was good. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a, um, they call it the campfire old-fashioned. It's a smoked old-fashioned. It's pretty solid. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. Anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. What, uh, how, did you get any cool presents for your birthday? Uh, let's see, uh, Zach got me some, uh, 
I can't remember what they're. It's like a, the, it's like the zoo crypto, like a, some crypto cards, like kind of like a Pokemon cards except for like a crypto creatures. Yep. And you were uh, you were you were a little drunk while you were going through them, and you're like, this one, this one, ah, oh, you, you can't you can't say the R word anymore. This looks like a retarded rabbit. No, duck. Is a, a retarded duck. <laughs> and I was trying to. I was like, if you can't say the word, why'd you just say the word? Because it was funnier if I did it that way. That's why. For comedic effect. It worked. I found it hilarious. Uh, and then uh, you got me a vinyl that had. So, like, it's a Frankenstein vinyl that was. Uh, and like it's basically a lot of ones that like I've never heard before, which uh, aren't, like aren't like like it's just old like random Frank songs. But it also had Civilization on it, uh, so like we heard, uh, well, like played that the other night, and like I heard the uh, Civilization, the Bingo Bango song Bingo from uh, Bango Fight, Bango from Bango um, from uh, Fallout, the Fallout games. Yeah, but they clearly have a much better recording in the Fallout games than uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and the Hitler rap. Oh yeah, you got the. It was really catchy, actually. <laughs> no, it's uh, so that was good. a uh, Mel Brooks song. Yeah, Mel Brooks single. Which, uh, like, I, I think you said, like, they had like written it for uh, the producers. Oh, uh, they based it off the producers, but it, it but they never appeared it, in anything. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it was really good. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, not really. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, this past week, I had some server stuff that I had to do for work. Um, took my girlfriend to the airport. Uh, my snowboarding lessons were canceled because of the rain, which was fantastic. Uh, so I got another week to, um, heal my body. That's good. Did you heal your body a little bit more? Yeah, I can do this now. Well, that's good. I couldn't do that before. I couldn't raise my arms above my head, which is pretty great. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, Friday night, we went out uh, for your birthday, Mm -hmm. saw everybody, which was a lot of fun. Had a good group. Um, And then uh, yesterday, Saturday, I went. Was that your laptop? Yeah, that's mine. Okay. I was just, I was worried the first second that that Brian left his laptop. No, Brian didn't bring a laptop. It was a whole thing. Um, which has been his, like, M.O. lately, where he just re- does, refuses to bring laptops. Right. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so yesterday, Steve and I went to Topland Goliath for uh, for a bottle release. Uh, he got into their lottery, and then on the way back, we stopped at Forager Brewery in Rochester, which I had some amazing tacos and... Uh, a, some really good beers, and then uh, there's a bottle shop right next door called Jack's, where I picked up uh, this uh, Trey Fontaine uh, sour or this Oud Goose that we're that we're kind of sipping on here, and it's stupid good. If you want to hear more about that, uh, it'll be on in uh, Homebrew Bound in a couple of weeks. But it's it's a really good sour. Yeah, it's got like a sour tang to it, and uh, it's a little horsey. Yeah, it's it's very it's way more funky than sour. There you go, Lando. All right, um, and then yeah, uh, got back and basically immediately went to bed because I ate too much and because we stopped at, well, so we stopped at Casey's uh, for breakfast pizza because they have the best breakfast pizza. Mm-hmm. And then I got um, 
buffalo or bacon buffalo uh blue cheese french fries no well, that sounds and good. a bowl of soup or a cup of soup at um toppling goliath and then i got a bunch of tacos at forager and then i just wanted to take a nap Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And then, yeah, today woke up, played a little bit of Last of Us, and uh, I got some show notes done, and that's kind of about it. Yeah, no, I yesterday walk. I had a pound of bacon. That's about it. An entire pound of bacon. Well, not in one sitting. I had a half a pound for lunch with some a couple BLTs. And another half a pound for snack? For dinner with a couple BLTs. Oh, okay. Yeah. That explains all the bacon grease I found. Yeah. Well, I mean, is uh, and like, well, because like I made the bacon, and then like for dinner, it's like, you know, I could just reuse this pan that has all the bacon grease and just heat it up, and like uh, I got grease again. You could save the bacon grease in a little jar. We have a little bacon grease jar in the but, in the fridge. But like, what am I going to do with all the bacon grease? Since it would just keep filling up with more bacon grease. Then you use the bacon grease to fry eggs, or fry potatoes, or really anything you're going to fry. Mm. It's really good for for that. Instead of butter, anytime you use butter, use bacon grease instead. I don't. I only need just enough butter, or I guess enough grease, so I can get the bacon on there and it won't stick. You shouldn't put any grease on the pan when you put bacon on it. Why are you? What? Oh yeah, because I want to put it on there, and so like I want to be able to slide it around. No, you don't add more grease to the bacon. Uh, you gotta have some starter grease. No, you don't need starter grease. It comes with its own. Everybody knows that you need some starter Nobody grease. Nobody knows that. Yeah, everybody knows. Nobody knows that. Yeah, especially it's self-greasing. Especially when you have a non-stick pan. You, bacon you, is self-greasing, especially on a non-stick pan. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta have some starter grease. What are you doing to this bacon that you are sticking it to the pan? Are you burning the bacon onto the pan? No, no, I don't burn the bacon. I like it a little rubbery. If I, some parts rubbery, at least. Are you using too high of a heat? No, I heat it on medium. There is. Are you trying to turn it too soon? I'll flip it out many times I want. No, okay, you... So, the key to bacon, and this is all for all listeners, um, so you you put the bacon on the pan, right? Yeah. And then if you try to flip it and it's still stuck to the pan, you fucking leave it until it lets you flip it. You do not pre-grease the goddamn pan if you're doing bacon. How am I supposed to get some rubbery-ass bacon? I don't know, maybe just fucking eat it raw. Put it in the goddamn microwave if you need it rubbery. No, I, I was thinking about that earlier today. It's like, you know, you can you can microwave some bacon. and uh, but like it's You can like, microwave all bacon. But it's not as good. No. It's not as good. You're a good boy. You're a good boy, yeah. I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at him. Yeah, well, anyways... I used a, a different pan for, uh, I used the Gnostic pan today for bacon, so that was, uh, it was a little bit more challenging fitting half a pound of bacon in there. And then the big, uh, the big, oh, yeah. oh, no, oh, you, the, the smaller yeah. one. Yeah, we need a new nonstick pan anyway. Mm -hmm. They kind of like, you get about six months out of them and then they're shot. Yeah. Or they start to get nicked and I just don't want to eat that much Teflon in my diet. Yeah. I heard it's not good for me. Yeah, no, at least with our some of our pots, like, uh, all the Teflon's worn away. Yeah, we should probably get some new <laughs> pots. I gotta figure out, like, I wanna get a little, like, hanger. Like, I wanna redo the kitchen, like, hang our pots and pans, make it more like, I don't know, 
industrial looking and just ease ease of no ease get, of use, get rid of the clock and have some pots hanging over the gap the hole no we don't talk about the hole <laughs> I'm so mad about the hole there's just a random hole in our ceiling well I hated that fucking clock it never worked no yeah no, I mean it, it worked it was just slow the clock that didn't have any batteries and it worked well there it, it was worked. right twice a day you're right no I thought I thought for a while like it it was uh, t- it moved. I didn't think that it had no batteries. Yeah, when I pulled it down, it didn't have okay. any batteries. And that's why I replaced it with a better clock, one that was easier to read. Well, that's that weird that they would take the trouble to take a clock off the wall, remove the batteries, and then put it back on the wall. Well, there was a giant hole there. <laughs> yeah, but, like, just leave it in with the bad batteries. I think they didn't realize the giant hole was there either. They had to have known. And then, like, pulled the pulled the clock down to change the battery, pulled the battery out, realized they didn't have a battery that fit in the clock, and then were like, well, have to cover the fucking hole. Yeah. Like, and the hole didn't show up on the home inspection, and I'm like, how did the hole not show up on the home inspection? I guess, why would they look behind the clock? Yeah. It's a whole thing, and I'm really upset about the whole thing. Ah, it's a whole thing. God damn it. You're the one that said it. I didn't mean to say it. Well, you still said it. Well, we're going to do a twofer. Let's try this beer again, and then we'll try the other beer, because I want to I, I know what you, what like, honestly, what your, can I, I need some more. Yeah, yeah, let me just fill my glass up a little bit more with the sour. So. Yeah, so we got the uh, the tray, uh, Fontenien uh, Oud Goose. So this is a... Um, a blend of one, two, and three-year-old lambic beers um, that are blended together in order to create a cohesive product. Um, yeah, you get like a, so like smelling it, you get like a, I, I get some of that like horse blanket uh, funk, and then uh, like I get some of that sourness as uh, some of those uh, are reaching the the aroma. Yeah, uh, I get. Almost like a sour cherry on the on the nose. Like there's like just a little bit of like like that that cherry um, flavor. A little bit of the horse blanket. Like a like a, a black wheat. cherry. Yeah. Well, like definitely like uh, a real cherry, not like an artificial cherry. Yeah. And it's like super effervescent, super carbonated. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like bounces off this tongue. And there's this, like, on the back end, there's this really nice, um, like, wheat sweetness. Yeah. Wheat malt sweetness that really pairs well with, um, like, that that wet hay um, and then cherry tartness. Mm-hmm. It's stupid drinkable. It's going to oh, give yeah. me heartburn later. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I would. We want to give this one a rating. Yeah, go ahead and give it a rating. Uh, I'm gonna give it a a seven and a half. Like it's good for what it is. Uh, like it's not the it's not one that I would drink a bunch of. Like I kind of like uh so, like my sours to be uh. You like the tart tart. I like the the tart ones with less horse blank like horse blanket going on. I find that more drinkable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this is really good. I forgot I had a sample cup here. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. I really like this beer. Um, it's it's up there with some of the best Lambic I've ever had. Um, I don't 
Yeah, you might need another sample cup. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> grab a quick. I'll talk about this for a minute while you find a sample cup. Uh, yeah, I I don't honestly don't know what I change about it. Um, it's not perfect. The best lambic or the best goose I ever had was from Cantillon, and this is like close, but it's not quite there. So I can't give it a ten. I have to give it a nine. That's uh um here's here's something fun though. So this was bottled on uh the twenty first of November uh twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh what do you think the best before date is on this? Twenty twenty five. Nope. Twenty thirty eight. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Twenty six October thirty eight. That's quite uh quite a range on it. I know, right? It's kinda crazy. So let's see. Let me pour this other beer. Yeah, uh, so going around the table right now, we have a beer from Toppling Goliath uh, called Hop Smack. I'll see if I can pull up some information on this beer quick here. It's a double India pale ale. It is. So uh, Toppling Goliath, uh, their IPAs that uh, we've tried on, on the show before, like uh, Pseudo Sioux, King Sioux, Pompeii. Um, uh, uh, light speed, things like that. So Hop Smack is here to rescue your palate. Giant aromas of pineapple and tropical fruit jump from this enticingly complex double IPA. True to its name, this brew delivers a heavy smack of dry hops and a double dose of bitterness in the finish. Uh, this is a double IPA, uh, 7.8% ABV, 100 IBUs, and top secret featured hops. Um, for a limited time, you can get your hands on a vintage packaging bomber edition of the beloved Hap Smack, which is what we have. Uh, they don't do the bombers anymore. They used to only do the bombers. Oh. And we've had tons of these, um, and we have a bunch of their labels. We had a bunch of their, like, labels on our refrigerators and everything. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I'm tasting it now. It's very, very hoppy. That's good. Oh, aroma-wise, man, that, there's just a ton of pineapple. Yeah. I got basically just pineapple. It's Whoa. Not, that is a lot of hops. Yeah, it's a lot of hops. It doesn't have like a, a, a super strong sweetness to it, which like sometimes I, I, I've seen with like uh, really hoppy beers, uh, which I'm glad it doesn't have. I get, I get some like maltiness on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a, there is a sweetness like right on the back. Yeah. But it just it just kind of I mean smacks you uh in the face with hops. Yeah, just a bunch of hops. So I wonder uh, I don't think this one's good to 2038. Uh this one's probably uh, good This one's for, probably good till Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's what it's at. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is uh this is a very classic TG double IPA, but mm -hmm. fuck. That's a lot of goddamn pineapple. Yeah. I like that's honestly like all I can all I can get in my head right now is pineapple. It's been a while since I've had like a really hoppy drink uh beer. Yeah. It's all been um like lagers and hazy IPAs mm -hmm. and things like that. Like something that true true bitterness, like this is palate strippingly bitter. Yeah. And really good. If you can get your hands on some, I highly recommend trying it. 
Uh, give me a number. Uh, you know, since it's been a while, it would have this versus like having a, a hazy, which are have been like everywhere. And you want days. a hazy? You got some sitting over here. Uh, I'm compare. good. I, I don't need any more beers over here. Are you sure? I mean, you only have four. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this a seven and a half. Uh, I think uh, so. Like the one issue, like with like really hoppy beers, is kind of it's hard. It is hard to kind of have it stand out. I think this is good, uh, but I think it could be uh, like there's. I think there's parts in there that could be changed to make it better. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. It's it's good. I really enjoy it. I'm really happy about it. It's not my favorite uh, double IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, even it's not my favorite double IPA from that brewery. Like I think King Sue's better. Um, I think it's a little one note. I get I get like pineapple juice or I guess pineapple juice isn't the right thing. Um, did you ever have? So growing up, my dad worked for Schwann's. This is gonna be a little bit of story here. They were from Schwann's, and um, we would always get juice concentrate from Schwann's. All right. Right. And it would come in these little like milk carton things and like that's that's how we got our juices from the juice concentrate. Oh, so like it came in a milk carton? Well, yeah, so it'd come in like a little tiny like we get like a case of them. But they'd be like um little like you know like individual milk cartons and that was the juice concentrate. So they did so like you it dilute it with water. So it didn't come in like the the uh, like a can. Yeah. So like cuz that's what I, I like I grew up with like the ones where and like it, it was shaped like a, a biscuit tin. Like yep, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. That's we switched to those after after my dad left Schwann's. All right. But well, the Schwann's ones came in a little milk carton, right? And so you'd you'd pour the you'd pour the milk carton into the thing, and then you'd fill the milk carton up x amount of times to like dilute it, right? So somebody made a lot of money after a lot that that super sugary drink is healthy. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, the flavor we'd always get was pineapple orange juice. Okay. And that's what this tastes like, is like that pineapple orange flavor. like, And that's all I can taste, and it's very one note. And it reminds me of childhood, which is great, but also not really. Because, like, it's just, it's just citrus on citrus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, they're, but there's also like a cloying, like the more I taste it, like the more I get this cloying sweetness. And that might just because I've been <laughs> drinking sour. Yeah. For the last, uh, for the last bit, but yeah, seven and a half is where I'm at. Right. I like it; it's really good, but it's not for me right now. And now the Department of Defense presents news with Casey. That's me. Oh. Uh, in my news, where'd it go? Being there for your friends is usually a good thing. But two friends in northern Michigan found out that being there doesn't always yield positive results on Thursday night. According to troopers from the Michigan State Police uh, Gaylord Post, a woman was stopped in Otsego County after police suspected her of operating a vehicle while intoxicated. During the traffic stop, she called a friend for help, police said. The friend arrived uh, on scene uh, and then was also promptly arrested for OWI. 
Police said both friends had been drinking together earlier while playing trivia. Oopsie doopsie. So wait, they just they just got a an OWI while both of them did. So one got pulled over on the way home from trivia. Yeah. That one called the other one who had been playing trivia. The one turned around to go pick them up so they could get a ride home. Mm-hmm. And they were also drunk. That seems like a thing that happens a lot. Where like the, the ride to come pick him up is also intoxicated. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. A UK man has been sentenced after deliberately farting in the face of a police officer after he was asked to bend over during a strip search. How do they know it was deliberate? <laughs> well, uh, Stuart Cook, age 28, of Aberdeen, was arrested at the scene of a crash and taken back to the station where he committed the vile act. Asking, the, uh, asking an officer, how do you like that, as he farted in their general direction. <laughs> Cook had been seen sitting next to a car when police uh, attended the crash and became irate when police placed him under arrest after smelling cannabis. A search of Cook in the vehicle revealed a small amount of the drug. Aberdeen Sheriff Court uh, heard uh, that Cook screamed expletives and puffed out his chest towards officers as he was been taken back to the police station. Uh, defense uh, solicitor Laura Gracie said her client had been involved in a minor traffic accident and felt police overreacted. He had been smoking can- a cannabis joint at the time and felt police overreacted in the way they dealt with him. He became increasingly upset with them and acted in the manner uh, libeled. Uh, Sheriff Ian Wallace ordered him to carry out 75 hours of unpaid work. Oh, so it's not even that bad what he ended up having to do. No, 75 hours of community service for farting on a police officer. Yeah. Or for the smoking ac- cannabis. I feel like the accident should be the bigger part. Like, <laughs> like uh, maybe have a little bit more than 75 hours for being in an accident while uh, while uh, having cannabis in your system. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if, it's, if they only charged him for farting in the uh, officer's face, in that case, it'd be like, what the fuck? Or at least he wasn't French. I don't get it. Because they fought in your general direction. Oh, but yeah, like uh, like I'm assuming the cop's f- head face was right by his butt. Because like otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, like what's the point? Like uh, like you can't just have some, every time. He like, got a little. He is being strip searched, so he probably got a little poo on his face. <laughs> <laughs> just a little poo flecking. Uh, as the price of eggs continues to rise, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials are reporting a spike in people attempting to bring eggs into the country illegally from Mexico, where prices are lower. The jump in sightings of contraband product can uh, be best explained by the high price of eggs in the U.S., which soared 60% in December uh, over a year earlier. A combination of the deadliest bird flu outbreak in U.S. history, compounded with inflationary pressure and supply chain snags, uh, is to blame for the high prices shoppers are seeing at the supermarket. It's forcing some drastic measures. Some grocery store chains are limiting how many cartons customers can buy. And some people are going as far as smuggling eggs from out of the country where prices are more affordable and risking thousands of dollars in fines in the process. A 30-count carton of eggs in Juarez, Mexico, uh, according to Border Report, sells for $3.40. In some parts of the U.S., such as California, just a dozen eggs are now priced as high as $7.37. Chris, Carlos, would you buy a dozen eggs for 8 bucks? Don't. 
I think I would I think I would just be like, I guess I can't afford eggs right now. Yeah, no, like granted, I don't normally look at the price of eggs in stores, but that's usually because like I'll pay four dollars for eggs and just and like just because like I like when I go buy eggs, like it's not very often. Yeah. So like if I had to pay four dollars for eggs, like I, I wouldn't. Well, there's a, there was a point where I was going through, um, I don't know, eighteen eggs a week for like breakfast and stuff, and then like I can't do that anymore. Now I'm down to like a dozen a month. Like I use eggs as additives into mm-hmm. things now instead of just eating eggs. Can't afford to eat eggs. What do you think I am? A goddamn Rockefeller? <laughs> Um, anyway, so shoppers from El Paso, Texas are buying eggs in Juarez because they are significantly less expensive. Uh, most of those people arriving at international uh, bridges are open about their purchase because they don't realize eggs are prohibited. Generally, the items being declared during uh, pl- uh, pri- the primary inspection, and when, when that happens, the person can abandon the product without consequence. There have been a very small number of cases in the last weeks or so where eggs weren't declared and then subsequently discovered during inspection. If the products are discovered, agricultural specialists uh, confiscate and destroy them, which is routine for prohibited food. Those people are fined $300, but the penalty can be higher for repeat offenders of commercial size illegal imports. In San Diego, custom official Jennifer De, uh, De La O uh, tweeted this week about an increase in the number of eggs intercepted at her post. Failure to declare agricultural items, she warned, can result in penalties of up to $10,000. Yeah, so uh, eggs from Mexico have been prohibited by the USDA since 2012 based on the diagnosis of highly pathogenic avian influenza in commercial poultry. So what if they, like, uh, were driving up to the stop for the border and then just started throwing eggs, but they didn't hit anybody? They threw eggs at, like, the, the gate or whatever, and then, like, like they had then they have nothing to declare. They don't have any eggs to declare. Who's catching the eggs? Nobody. It's going to smash against the the gate or like uh, maybe the window of the person that's uh, that's there. I think that's just assault at that point. Only if it's hitting a person. Think. Uh, hang on. Uh, can I egg border patrol? <laughs> border patrol buildings. <laughs> um. There, uh, surprisingly, is no, <laughs> no results <laughs> or can I egg border patrol buildings? And let me, let, let me put it in quotes. So it searches. Oh, it's, it's a, it might be an Arabic clause. Yep. No, no results. Yeah. Cause it'll help if you're throwing it while you're on the Mexican side. Oh, hang on. From Mexico. Because what if you throw? What if you're throwing the eggs from Mexico, and then you're hitting something on the uh, American side? Yeah, uh, apparently nobody's tried it. Okay. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> with all those cheap eggs in Mexico, some people they gotta tr- do some new, try some new stuff. Um, I mean, do you think there's like a Border Patrol live chat? I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Because we could ask them on the show. I would. Re- I don't want to have to. That sounds not great. We could call them. Yeah, we we could do that. Can we egg your buildings? Is it illegal? Oh, hang on. here. Here's a better question: Is it illegal 
I keep trying to spell illegal like eagle, and it's not how you do that. To egg yeah, a, it's a government eagle. building. It says it can be illegal, but doesn't say that it is illegal. Yeah. See, I think what'll help is if you're throwing it from the Mexico side and hitting something on the American side. From outside the U.S. On the other hand, they're like, what's that mean for a potato cannon? Oh, in New York, egging is trespassing. Oh. But what if you egged something and you were in New Jersey at the time, but you egged something in New York? I think you're still violating the New York law. Because egging counts as So what if you're in New York and you egg something on the New Jersey side? Well, I don't think New Jersey Which counts way, would you, in which case would it apply? Uh, wherever the egg lands. And all right. So you can, as long as you're in New York and you're throwing outside of the state. So if we throw eggs at Mexico from the U.S., is that an act of war? I mean, <laughs> it would be spreading the avian influenza on, to the other border. So maybe, maybe a Texas Republican proposed a bill in the state legislature calling for any food that contains aborted human fetal tissue to be clearly labeled. Is there a lot of foods? <laughs> However, according to one federal agency, there is no need. The bill was filed by State Senator Bob Hall, who represents District, Texas District 2, which is made up of counties uh, somewhat between Dallas and Tyler. It's just one of hundreds of bills already filed by lawmakers for the 88th uh, Texas legislative session, which started on January 10th and could become law if it was to pass. Senate Bill 314 says any food product that contains, is manufactured with, or derived from research that uses tissue, cells, or organs obtained from an aborted unborn child must be clearly and conspicuously labeled. Wait, and then, ma or made from their research? Like, is there a lot of food that's made from the research? From, like, I don't know. I mean. That doesn't sound yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you, ha you have to develop recipes. But then how do you even enforce that? Like, how you have to be able to say that this is a food that wouldn't exist if, if, it, if wasn't it wasn't for, for an research. aborted fetus. Um, let's see. Uh, unfortunately, many Texans are unknowingly consuming products that either contain human fetal parts or were developed by using human fetal parts, Hall said in a statement. While some may not be bothered by this, there are many Texans with religious or moral beliefs that would oppose consumption or use of these products. However, the FDA uh, doesn't even allow the sale of foods containing human tissue in the U.S., a spokesperson said, adding that such a product designed for animal or human consumption... <coughs> doesn't even exist. The bill also proposes uh, medical and cosmetic products containing aborted fetal tissue clearly be labeled. If the bill becomes law, companies that make vaccines and medications that are tested using fetal cells, uh, cell lines before being administered to people would have to comply. Um, scientists have long used cells derived from aborted and miscarried fetuses in research and experimentation. According to UC Davis professor of cell biology and human anatomy, Dr. Paul uh, Knopfler, uh, a single group of cells from a human embryo can be cloned thousands of times for many years, and any new cells wouldn't be needed. An example is the HEK293 cells, which trace back to kidney cells obtained either from an abortion or miscarriage in the 1970s and have been cloned thousands of times for research. Yeah, so I didn't know they, they were able to reuse them that much. 
it's kind of fascinating, right? Like, yeah, or this one, this one miscarriage or abortion, like. So you're saying that we could, this whole lives. time we could be having fetus burgers of just cloned uh, like from a, a fetus from the 1970s, yeah. and we haven't been doing that. And imagine, like, you you know how like. Thank you, Texas, for the wonderful idea. You you know you know how tender veal is, right? Imagine if, if it was a fetus. <laughs> How tender that would be. Melt in your mouth, good. Aged since 1970. No, like the the point is, it's not aged. But it like is it's, aged because it's, it's cloned from the, the sample. The sample's aged. Well, yeah, I mean, but like, but that's the sample's aged. But like, the cloning is new. Yeah, all the clone cells are new, yeah. Lando. Yeah. No, but I get it. That it's, and it's just cells that they're cloning. They're not like full-on tissue that they're creating. Yeah, no, the, the entire it's it's fucking scaremongering bullshit. Yeah. Um. All right. The U. Uh, the former U.S. astronaut Buzz Aldrin has gotten married for the fourth time on his ninety-third birthday. Uh, Mr. Aldrin was one of the pilots on the legendary Apollo 11 uh, space flight in 1969. Nice. Uh, becoming one of the first two people to walk on the moon after the mission's commander, Neil Armstrong. The former pilot uh, said that he and his new wife, Anka Fowler, uh, were as excited as eloping teenagers. He is one of the only four people, uh, one of only four people alive to have walked on the moon. Pictures from their L.A. ceremony were shared by Mr. Alderman on Twitter. On my 93rd birthday and the uh, the day I will be honored by living legends of aviation, I am pleased to announce that my longtime love, Dr. Anka Fowler, and I have tied the knot. Dr. Fowler, age 63, who has a Ph.D. in chemical engineering, is the executive vice president of Mr. Aldrin's company, Buzz Aldrin Ventures. In 1969, an estimated 600 million people witnessed Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin become the first people to walk on the moon as part of the Apollo 11 mission. Uh, it was the largest television audience in uh, in history at the time. Almost overnight, Mr. Aldrin became one of the most famous names on the planet. The ensuing months uh, was a blur of media appearances, photo opportunities, and after-dinner speeches. I hadn't thought that much uh, would come afterward, Mr. Uh, Mr. Aldrin said, uh, told the LA Times in 2001, I was not prepared or comfortably thrust into the public eye that much. Before the famous moon landing, Mr. Aldrin piloted fighter planes on U.S. Air Force combat missions during the Korean War. Uh, in 2018, he founded a nonprofit uh, think tank, the Human Spaceflight Institute. So I'm trying to find what the hell Buzz Aldrin Ventures does. I'm not having any luck. Um, they apparently use uh, fetal tissue to make hamburgers. Oh, to make rocket ships. To make the fleshy rocket ships. The fleshy ones. The the squishiest rocket ships a man imaginable. Yeah, the, 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 it looks like the inside of like an, an alien like a uh, spaceship. Oh, gooey. Yeah. All right. Discussion topic for today. Carlos. Mm -hmm. We have to. We we have been tasked by Hollywood once again. Um, except. This time, it is not in an entertainment concept. We have to come up with a pop-up restaurant because the Hollywood elite, those liberal baby-eating monsters, want us to come up with a restaurant name and menu for our new fetus menu. No, we're, we're not... <laughs> 
We, we did enough fetus. <laughs> We're not doing more fetus jokes. Fine, we won't do a fetus joke. Then you got, you have to come up with the next one because because like we've talked about and like we've talked about already like having like a, a restaurant that's like all ho- uh, like a like we're not where you, we're not where you eating grow, homeless people no no where you like uh like grow like f- human flesh and use that as like the food oh well, we have talked about that haven't yeah we? like we, God damn, over ten years we've talked about a lot of shit and like because it's no like is it really cannibalism if we're not killing anybody t- well I mean. Yes. Let's not let's not make that to the line because you could <laughs> someone can still be alive. <laughs> but like if like uh, it's not coming from an actual person, if you're like actually growing it in a lab, yeah. or it would be a farm in this case. Well, that's not human meat. But it's it is human meat. No, it's it's artificially created a human meat. And then it's like a, and then which case it's no longer cannibalism. You could make the argument at least. Yeah. You could call it the uh, the Donner Party. This is just Long Pig. Donner Party City. And that's uh, that's all human grown meat. Okay, fine. We won't do that one. Give me another one then. Well, we were talking about uh, Bazaldrin, and like like we landed on the moon uh, quite a few time, quite a few years ago. Yeah, uh, like at least seven years ago. I find it a little suspicious that there's only four people alive that have walked on the moon. What are they trying to hide? Uh, probably, but they're killing out the people who landed on the moon. Well, I mean, probably the radiation issue, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Like, I don't think we fully understood it at that time. I think they all died from cancer. Well, yeah, for like a lot of astronauts, uh, cancer is a higher risk for yeah, them. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, once once you get out of that, um, what, what's what's the what's the the belt called? Or the there's a sphere that like Van Elroy belt. It's not the Van Elroy belt. Van Elton John no, it's belt. It's like um, there's like a radiation belt around Earth. Yeah, I know because they destroyed it in uh, one of Asimov's novels. Oh, Van Allen. Yeah, Van Allen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the plans to force humans off Earth. Eventually, was to destroy. They destroyed the Van Allen belt. So that they would have, so that that meant Earthlings would, because like all, all the other earlier people had left to, to colonize nice planets, and like had like were preventing uh, Earth people from Earth to colonize, and then like they uh, the robots oh, we have a bunch of this left. Uh, decided that uh, well we're going to make it so Earth has no choice but to move on to other planets. So that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. That's an interesting series. Uh, that was that started off with the the caves of steel. Oh, okay. Which was a, and like that was like said in the same world as I Robot, like just years oh, later. Here's our discussion topic. I have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a book rep- recommendation. Like, what's a book in the last year that you read that I that uh, our listeners should read? Oh, I haven't read a, a book for a while. Although I heard that they're uh, working on uh, adapting uh, Roger Zelazny's novels. Uh, the the Nine Princess and Amber series, the Amber series. So like, and that was I really enjoyed reading that in like uh, my teens. It was when I had like a collection to like the like, all ten books of the novel, of the Amber series. And like I read through that like quite a few times. Like it was a really good read. Uh, basically, uh, the first one uh, in the series, Nine Princess Amber, starts off with a guy wakes up in a hospital, uh, has no idea who he has, who he is because he was in some sort of accident. And he suffered like a brain injury, 
And then you find he finally finds out that things aren't quite what they seem to be, and like he's not exactly human. So, really enjoyable series. Uh, it starts oh, off nice. with Nine Princess Amber. The first five books are the Corwin uh, cycle, and then the uh, the other five follow a person named Merlin. So, oh. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And uh, apparently, uh, Stephen Colbert has a is like as like trying to help produce it. I think was what I was seeing. Not be, be confused with it. There's a book called Amber, I believe. Okay. It's not connected with that. Yeah, so yeah, that was a, a good one that I read. And also, if we're talking about like big, long series, like uh, a lot longer, though, like, not, like those were like a bunch of uh, those books, individual books aren't too long. Okay. But like they're always trying to adapt the Dark Tower again, and uh, that's that was a fun read. Uh, it's uh, like it's uh, it, there's some parts some parts in it that aren't good, some parts in it that are weird. Like why would uh why would the future have robots that are inspired by Death Eaters? Damn. That's kind of weird. But yeah, uh, they finally finished the um, uh, His Dark Materials uh, the show? show on HBO. And damn, that was good. I never read the books, so like I didn't expect them to murder God, but that was neat. Yeah, no, I remember reading it, and like also like like that was a an odd one. I remember when I was uh finishing up the the last book and the 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 third book. Uh, let's see. So the, the first book was the the Golden Compass. The yep. second one was the, was the Subtle Knife. I can't remember what the third one was. Uh. Well, let me let me find out quick. But I, I was like in middle school, and I was like in the middle of like a homeroom or whatever, and I was finishing it, and like I was tear, I had, was trying to hold back my tears from it because it was sad. It was very sad. It was like a sad the entire ending. thing was uh, the amber spyglass. Amber spyglass. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lando. We appreciate that. So, what have you? Uh, have you? Yeah. Um. I. So, like, I'm. So, I'm. I'm looking over my reading list from the past. Uh. The past year. And it's a lot of uh, nonfiction. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so the first one I, I'd like to recommend is Into Thin Air, uh, written by uh, John Krakauer. Right? John? Yeah, John Krakauer. He uh, was, a, or he is, he's still alive, I believe. Um, he's a journalist who worked with Outside Magazine and he climbed Everest in the 90s. And his, his summit uh, of Everest um, was the deadliest trip of, like, it was the deadliest uh, day on Everest um, in recent memory. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, something like 14 people died, I believe, on that day. Like, there was a storm that came in and... It was his like first uh, first person account of what happened, and there's a there's a companion book that I didn't read about somebody else who climbed it, and it was basically rebutting like all of the negative things he said about that person. Uh, but it was a really good book, fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, he also uh, wrote a um, he he took a collection of his articles and stuff and put it into Iger Dreams, uh, Ventures Among Men, and. Uh, mountains and it's all just about climbing so those are like the two like climbing books i read this year um and then 
Uh, I really enjoyed a book called Into the Planet. Uh, My Life as a Cave Diver. It is. It was a book written by uh, Jill Heinerth um, about um, her journey as a diver and getting into cave diving in the uh, in the nineties and the two thousands. Um, and she worked with a lot of like Nat Geo crews and stuff. She recorded or she her team filmed uh, one of the first ice dives into an Antarctic um, iceberg. All right. Um, and so like they, cause they're, they're cave diving. So they, they went into these ice caves in an iceberg, but like it's different because the iceberg is constantly shifting and moving. And uh, yeah, it was fascinating. Like she thought she was going to die and like wrote about it and really good. I highly recommend it. That sounds good. Like I had to open up my Kindle list cause my, that actually has a list of stuff that I have actually read. Yeah. Right. Yeah. After. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I did. And I too. like, Oh, I have actually read stuff. Uh, so uh, there was the uh, well, actually one of the first things would be like Hail Mary. Like we listened to most of it, the audiobook. Oh yeah, Hail way. Mary is fantastic. I and really I, enjoyed and that. I, and I finished reading it uh, on the way back. What, what, so what did you think of it? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, the main character for like all of life is depending on him, and like it turns out that he was a fucking little selfish asshole the whole time. And it's like wow. Oh, that reveal was yeah, huge. Compared to like uh, the previous, like uh, the Martian, where like uh, like he knows who he is, and like he's like he's not like super selfish. Like he's like also understanding, and it's just like he has a chance to go home all of a sudden. Yep. I I I honestly thought that that reveal was good because. Because I mean, like, he, you, he, like he, makes, it, it, he makes a he makes a choice in the at the end of the book that is not a selfish choice. I mean, yep. but like, uh, I don't know. And like, it basically, was, he's he's sent on a one way mission. Um, and also, one of the things was, and he's like, a coward. Yeah, and for the uh, and like, I won't get into too much about the the alien that he comes that that race that he comes across. They're like for being looking what they look like. Like I'm, I was surprised by how like uh, I was kind of disappointed by how human like they were like emotionally and mentally. Like I wanted like a true alien alien. I I think that's really hard to write. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think I think that would be really hard to write. But like, and, like I've, and, I've, and Andy I've, Weir, like the science is sound, mm-hmm. but his characters are always just slightly underdeveloped. Because like I, I've read like sci-fi books where like the the aliens truly do come off as like alien. Yeah. And it's like if it's like just a, a human in a different shape and form, like it's it's not as much. It's well, I didn't I didn't feel it. Like I thought I well I guess I a little bit. Um, but I really liked how like the personality wasn't supposed to be the conflict. It was their different anatomy and like how they like came to space travel mm-hmm. and like their communication style was supposed to be the conflict. Yeah. Cause I think if you had where they were, it was, it was hard to communicate with them. They were different looking and they're like, and like everything was non human about like their personality. Like I think, I think it would have been hard to like glob onto mm-hmm. for the kind of like the, the hard sci-fi, the pulpy hard sci-fi that Andy Weir writes, because I think that's what it is. It's pulpy, but hard science. Yeah. So, uh, 
a sci-fi uh, series that like I read another one of them. Uh, I uh, read, finished it while actually while in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, like I basically read it in like one night because it was so I was ha- really enjoying it. Was uh, Martha Wells uh, series for uh, uh, the Murderbot Diaries? So basically, imagine far future. Like uh, they like a lot of uh, companies are like security companies create like these uh, part like uh, meat part like robot uh, security units that they uh, and they sell they they uh, have uh, like people hire on the the sec units to go uh, for missions stuff like that, and they're they're very they're not smart units. But like one of them, like ends up being conscious, like and like and like all the, he gains consciousness well before the st- the first story even kicks off, is that he's been hiding that he's been conscious the whole time, and he spends most of his time like not wanting to talk to people, and <laughs> wa- like trying to watch like drama series, and then like him, ha- and then he has to like improvise to try to keep his try to keep his human safe. And like it's uh, it was really enjoyable. Uh, it's a, a lot of fun reading it because like imagine basically like it's a RoboCop who was never human at to begin with. So okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I have one that I hated on oh, yeah? my list. Yeah, Tau Zero. It's a classic uh, sci-fi novel that like a lot of people love, and like the idea behind it is really interesting. Like it's it's a generation ship that breaks and it can't stop accelerating oh, yeah. like um yeah but it's like every chapter is basically resolved by the first mate's vagina wow yeah it's a really it's a really fucking rough read um and it just it like it just kind of sucked um I also uh, reread about well, what I think three of the five Hitchhiker books this past year. Oh yeah, yep. Because every time, like I like full confession, I've never made it through the entire series. I always get to uh, end of restaurant at the end of the universe, and then I get bored. Because like I love the books, but it's so much to read all at once. Uh, an inter- interesting one to, to read, like uh, I read this one uh, years ago, but uh, this is uh, by uh, Scott Meyer. He does a couple of web comics. He does a web comic, but it's called the, uh, I guess it's called the Magic 2.0 series, but like the first one is off to be a wizard. Basically a person uh, discovers uh, magic and like uh, to escape like uh, uh, the IRS or whatever, he travels uh I'm pretty sure that he he travels. It's because of the IRS, or not, or maybe it wasn't one of the other wizards travels had traveled back in time just to get the IRS. Basically, it turns out that everybody who discovers magic and travels back in time, uh, they uh, <laughs> they usually choose like the same couple time points to go to. Oh, really? So like a lot of people go to the medieval time to to hide out in. So they just go to the medieval times. Yeah. I see that there's six books in that series. That's crazy. What the hell? All right, so apparently I bought some books that I haven't read yet, and this one actually sounds really interesting. I need to read this book. It's called 88 Names. Oh, yeah? Yep. Uh, here's the thing. John Chu is a Sherpa paid guide to online role-playing games like Call to Wizardry. For a fee, he and his crew will provide you with top-flight character equipped with the best weapons and armor, the dragons uh, slaying in the realms of Asgarth. Choose a new client. Uh, the pseudonym's Mr. Jones claims to be a wealthy, famous person with powerful enemies. 
and he's offering a ridiculous amount of money for a comprehensive tour of the virtual reality gaming. For Chu, this is a dream assignment, but as the tour gets underway, he begins to suspect Mr. Jones is really North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. What? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to find the sci-fi book that, uh, a a sci-fi series that I really enjoy, because it should be on this list that I have. Uh, Tramber... I have I have a lot of right. sci-fi stuff on my uh, my Amazon list, but the last one I kind of want to recommend not John Scalzi. It wasn't a John Scalzi. Oh, it was, it was Mark. It was uh, Marco Cluse. His uh, the first one is uh, Terms of Enlistment, but basically it's a. Uh, it, it basically, it's in this series, like slowly, like, it doesn't even start off like where the people know that aliens exist, but like it's like all like military fiction, and eventually aliens show up, and they fucking wreck house. Oh and, like, shit! People sl- like and people slowly get like and they're like terraforming planets, and they're slowly like uh, uh, they're and they're slowly making it, and they make it all the way to Earth and like uh, some of the, the uh, later books, and like it's like really interesting and then, like they have to like uh, find ways to try to fight the uh, the aliens and like it, it slowly builds up to that point. I go like one of the books like after the aliens exist is like set entirely on Earth as like things are starting to fall apart before like alien then. Towards the end of the book, aliens are making. They find out that the aliens have entered the solar system and are on their way. And like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, like a lot of the uh, the higher ups are ha- are like are, are evacuating Earth and just abandoning Earth. So, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That, so like, uh, I can't remember what the name of the series was, but the first one is uh, Terms of Enlistment. All right. Well, uh, I think I, I I think that's an episode, yeah. right? That feels like an episode. That was kind of a fun thing. I see some stuff on my Amazon stuff that I haven't read yet. Yeah, I, I was running into those too. Like I went back to like 2021, 2022, uh, 2020, uh, and turns out uh, in the in the throes of COVID, I bought a lot of digital things on Amazon and then never <laughs> did anything about them. All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or ha- what have you, go ahead and just an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindnewsstudios. And I'll see you guys next week.